for me, the light bulb moment that went off was we had four words to read on um, the last page of this Bob book. And I was like, Remy, there's four words. Come on, like, let's just read these four words. And, you know, other than other, otherwise, just get up and do 100 burpees, you know? And he was like, without even thinking, <laughs> got up off the couch and started doing burpees. So that was the night that I went into my bedroom and I cried. <laughs> you know, I just, like, something is wrong. Like, something is in the way. Something is not clicking for him. I'm Nicole Holcomb, attorney by day and podcaster by night, a former educator, school counselor, and administrator, and mom to a nine-year-old daughter with dyslexia, who loves all things Harry Potter, Minecraft, and science. A few years ago, she was identified with dyslexia, and our life seemed to turn upside down for a while, quite literally. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to help you navigate the upside-down journey of dyslexia. You got this. If you're wanting to thrive as a mom in this dyslexia journey, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. You're listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast, episode 28. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb, and today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Jen Woodward. She is the founder of the Dyslexia Mind Mastery. And in this episode, Jen is going to be sharing about her personal dyslexia journey, She's soon to be the mother of four, and two of her children are dyslexic. And today, we're going to talk all about dyslexia. We're going to talk about what it means to have mind mastery. And I know a lot of you are going to be able to identify with the whole conversation we have about invisible workload. So let me tell you a little bit about Jen before we get started. She has a very broad background, ranging from a bachelor's degree in architecture. She has a minor in marketing. She has over 650 hours of yoga therapy and a certificate in yoga. And she has broad interests. And she has such unique perspectives that she loves helping her clients reach their goals and overcome their struggles. And her biggest piece is creating those strong, lasting relationships with people. So I know you're going to enjoy our conversation today. So sit back, relax, and meet Jen. All right. I am so excited today to have Jen Woodward with us. She is the founder of Dyslexia Mind Mastery, and I am so excited for you to get to meet Jen and hear all about her journey and her fabulous work that she is doing. So Jen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. I am so excited to to get to know you and talk to you a little bit more. I absolutely love what you're doing. Uh, I shared with her a few minutes ago that I absolutely love all the things that you're doing on Instagram. Your quotes and things are just so inspirational. And I so I, I just you're one of the accounts I love to look at when I go on Instagram. So that's amazing. Um, but before we get started, you know, the, the the audience might not know you yet. And so do you mind sharing a little bit about your background with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, yeah, thank you for having me on here. It was such a great um, surprise to have you reach out to me, and I just really appreciate that. So, but um, I'm a mom of three, soon to be four. I'm actually due um, in December, so it's been a crazy time to be pregnant through all of this. But um, so we have two kids that are dyslexic. Our um, eight-year-old was identified a couple years ago, and then I have a five and a half-year-old who was identified this summer. So. Um, I definitely know the ropes about this dyslexia world, but um, before I had kids, I actually owned a yoga studio. I was a yoga teacher, yoga therapist, and um, very into like holistic mindsets and meditations, which is why I find a lot of the work that I do now with clients is focused around um, mind mastery tools, like I like to call them. But um, I'm a Starbucks addict. I have two dogs. Um, We live in Tempe, Arizona, and, you know, just... um, 
busy, busy life. I mean, with three kids and one on the way. So I am quite sure. Bless your heart. So <laughs> I was, uh, as I was listening, I was thinking too. So you say you have two children with dyslexia, right? Yeah. So can you share with us a little bit about how your journey started with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, with our son Remington, he, um, you know, I guess I'll just start at the very beginning if that's all right. Um, you know, at two and a half, we enrolled him at a AMI private Montessori school. And um, the things that we always heard from the teachers was like, oh, he's so smart. He's so personable. Like he's, you know, so empathetic. Like he really gets it, you know, and he's like one of those kids that you could always tell was um, catching on more than they should, you know, like just, you know, and he was um, definitely kind of, you know, he's a character, a class clown, funny guy kind of person, but um, you know, things were swimming along easily with that. And then um, when it kind of clicked to me, we were at a pumpkin patch when um, he was about five years old and we went to a pumpkin patch with a friend and his friend who would also just turn five read the sign, don't climb on the hay bales. And I was just stunned. I was like, oh my God, like he just read that, like, out of nowhere, nothing. Like it was so far out of the realm for where Remy was. Like we were, he could not blend sounds. Like he was not even putting words together at all. And, um, I'm an avid reader. I read probably a book a week, honestly. Like I just, that's like my favorite thing to do my pastime. So like, they've obviously always been read to as kids. And, um, so it was just kind of that first little click of like, interesting that they would have started school at the same time, be the same age. And they're, you know, so far apart. And then, you know, fast forward to spring semester, um, this would have been, I guess, what it would be technically his kindergarten year in the Montessori program. But, um, you know, all the other moms were starting to talk about how their kids are learning to read and, you know, the light bulbs are going off and they're, you know, reading signs as they're driving down the road. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, that's not what's happening over here. And, you know, he was really resistant to reading and really, you know, just did not like it at all. Um, so of course that spring semester, I brought it up to the teacher wondering like, you know, Hey, you know, you think something's going on. You think something, and she's like, no, no, no. You know, he's a boy, he's active. He's, you know, very funny. You know, he's so smart. He's going to get it. You know, let's just give it some more time. But because of that, um, he wasn't able to move on to the elementary program. So he had to repeat essentially his kindergarten year because it wasn't able to move on. And so that was, um, that summer was my like kind of mission as it were of like, okay, we're going to teach you how to read, you know? And of course I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) just, you know, buy all the Bob books and, um, you know, like, okay, we're going to sit down this and hammer this into your head. And, you know, it was a terrible experience. It was awful for him. It was awful for me. And, you know, you know, he'd read the word the, and then the next time he is like, no idea what those three letters mean. And, he would get just, I mean, he was crying and screaming, doing somersaults on the floor. And um, I mean, this is kind of like, for me, the light bulb moment that went off was we had four words to read on um, the last page of this Bob book that we were reading. And I was starting to get really frustrated as well. And I was like, Remy, there's four words. Come on, like, let's just read these four words. And, you know, other than otherwise, just get up and do a hundred burpees, you know? And he was like, without even thinking, (laughs) got up off the couch, and started doing burpees and like had just this like defiant look in his eye, like, screw you. <laughs> like, I hate this. And I would rather do a hundred burpees than read four words on a page, you know? And, um, so that was the night that I went into my bedroom and I cried, <laughs> you know, I just like, something is wrong. Like something is in the way, something is not clicking for him. And, um, 
So that's when I started all my research on dyslexia. And, you know, by the end of that summer, I was pretty convinced that he was dyslexic and uh, he had, you know, met so many of the signs. And so that spring semester or that fall semester, when he started school again, I of course brought it up to the teacher. Like, you know, I really think he's dyslexic. And she's like, no, no, no. Um, you know, we'll let's just give him another semester. Now that his friends aren't in the classroom, maybe he'll have more time to focus and, you know, he won't goof around so much. And, um, he'll, you know, just give him some time. And he also got glasses that September. So there was kind of a pause where like, oh, well, maybe he just couldn't see. And that's why he wasn't seeing the letters. And um, so we did that. And then, but that semester was, that was the semester where he started saying like, I'm stupid. I can't read. Like everyone can read, but me. Um, and I just, you know, saw the like light start to go out. And he just was like, you know, his confidence was fading. Like he just wasn't that vibrant kid anymore. And so then in January, we um, just paid for a private um, psychologist to invest, you know, do the diagnosis. And so, of course, it came back that he was dyslexic, um, he's ADHD, and then he also has dysgraphia. So we um, started with uh, a private Barton tutor right away just to get the ball rolling, because in my mind, I was like, you know, we've already wasted so much time. And in a lot of ways, when we got the diagnosis, I felt such relief. You know, I was like, finally, like, I have a way to explain to him why this is so hard for him. And I, it was you know, a way to say to him, like, you're not stupid. You're, you know, it's like your brain just works in a different way. And now that we know that we can teach you in the way that your brain works and, um, and it's going to be okay, you know? And, um, so that was kind of how we started into our dyslexia journey. And then, um, again, with my daughter, you know, she just turned five and a half. So we just had her diagnosed, um, this summer. So she's just starting her dyslexia journey as it were, but um, because I had so much more prior knowledge, I was much more aware of her signs and symptoms that, you know, hopefully that'll pay off that she got started so much sooner. Right. And you'd mentioned that he was attending a Montessori school. So did he continue with that while he was doing the Barton tutoring or did you do something? He did. Yeah. Okay. So, and with the interesting thing about Montessori, I don't know if you're familiar, but like they actually start with the, the sounds, like they start with the letter sounds rather than the letter names. So like he had essentially had two and a half years of phonemic, you know, instruction before and still couldn't, you know, like piece it together. So, um, you know, I always think about that, like, it's like, he really already had like quite a bit of instruction. So there really is something to like the, you know, the Orton Gillingham based methods of learning for dyslexic children. Like it has to be done that way. Like, otherwise it just doesn't seem to click. Right. And so how often when he started with the Barton tutor, how many days a week? I mean, I know it all is different per kid. I was just curious. Yeah. So he started um, two times a week for an hour a week. And he actually started with the LIPS program first. And so they did, you know, all of the, you know, brothers and sisters. And I don't know, I feel like that's like part of what started me into my journey, like helping mothers is just half of the terminology that you hear. You're like, what in the heck are you talking about? You know, it's a tongue tapper. It's a, the you know, um, it's a vibrating noise. It's not, you know, and it's just things that we don't hear, you know, so it's confusing to us to even try to help. But right. Yeah. Just knowing where to, where to begin. And I have to say, there were so many pieces that you said that I just really resonated with the, you know, the frustration, the relief when you found out the, you know, just, I can remember us too, even with the sight words in first grade and kindergarten and especially in kindergarten, it seems like we would work on sight words all week. And with mm-hmm. Thursday, and I'm like, you just knew the two days ago, and we don't know the today. Like what? Like, and then she would either 
she'd do something funny, like you were saying, you know, she'd do, kind of try to, you know, entertain me or she would just be like, yeah, I, 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 you know, and I'm like, so what's going on? So I can completely relate to your story. I'm sure so many others can as well. So thank you for sharing that as well. Let's talk about, so thank you for sharing all that information. That was so, so helpful. Let me ask you that real quick before we move on. So um, with your daughter, able to find out so early with her, is she in kindergarten this year? Yeah, so this would be her kindergarten year. So we are doing virtual learning from home this year just with COVID and I'm pregnant. So um, we were trying to be cautious more than not. So she's been kind of homeschooled this year. Um, and um, luckily being able to work with the Barton tutor like is I think taking a little bit of the pressure off of me and as far as that, but um, so how- yeah, so this is her kindergarten year. <laughs> How have you transitioned into, I know a lot of people can identify with, I'm in Atlanta and we have just all kinds of models here. We have some that are face-to-face. We have some that are more of a hybrid. So they go a couple of days and they're at home a couple of days. And then some people are choosing virtual hundred percent. So how have you found the transition to be this year as far as, uh, you know, having instruction at home? It's been hard. <laughs> I mean, um, the Montessori school that we went to, like they just didn't offer a digital program. And I can imagine that it would be very difficult to do Montessori virtually. And um, so that made sense. I'm hoping that they'll start in January is kind of what my mental plan always was. And I'm due in December. So it's like, well, you know, maybe that would be a good time for them to get back mm-hmm. into school um, that way. But yeah, transitioning has been hard. But in some ways, it's been really nice too, because I'm really getting to see you know, where they both struggle, you know, I'm really getting to see um, where Remington really excels too. So now it's like those pieces of information that I can use to kind of help him along the way. Like he loves science, he loves math. And, um, and just like seeing how his mind works, like in solving math problems, it's like, oh, wow, like I never would have thought to do that, you know, so I, it's kind of been um, a little bit fun to be the little brain experiment, <laughs> like, oh, so that's really what a dyslexic brain works, you know, <laughs> because, you know, I'm not dyslexic. So I think for me, it's always trying to, whoa, my picture just fell off. <laughs> that's okay. Well, um, that picture just fell off the wall and it scared me. So, so it's almost <laughs> having a lab at home because you're kind of able to see it firsthand as far as yeah. learning. And, and I found that too last year when uh, Hattie was home for about 11 weeks and I was like, wow, I mean, you had a I mean, my background's in education, but it's different when you're educating your own child. So uh, I can only yeah. with with trying to work with both of them. So are they in the... Yeah. And then I have a toddler at home too. So she's two and a half. So like throw that in the mix and it's like, <laughs> I mean, you got we don't even know what's going on half the time. Absolutely <laughs> understand that. Yeah. So... So let's talk a little bit about your dyslexia mind mastery. So if someone were to ask you to describe mind mastery, how would you describe that to someone? You know, so for me, it kind of came like, you know how um, the a Dyslexic Advantage book talks about the mind strings of dyslexia. So it was kind of play on that. And then again, playing back into my yoga days, um, it was just like all these mind tools that you would use. And so um, to master your mind, right? Like you're using all of these different techniques and tools to really like hone in on who you are and how you work, how you operate and like harnessing, like what your strengths and what, you know, and then hopefully helping with your weaknesses work with. So for the mind mastery tools that we do, it's, um, it's not so much like a specific for every single person, but it, there is really like a lot of introspection that has to happen between the mother introspecting herself and understanding where she's coming from Um, And then also learning about your child in a way that you can best support them, right? You know, so like really identifying where their strengths and weaknesses are. So 
the, the mind mastery tools are really, again, just pinpointing like where your strengths and weaknesses are and like having that self awareness piece and the self introspection and investigation. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and two is, you know, the looking at, you know, so much of how our kids react sometimes is fed off how we're reacting. Right. Absolutely. That's helpful to, to be able to take some time and kind of think through those pieces of um, reflection. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, and I actually, you know, like I focus on the mother more than the child on it, you know, in my work um, with the coaching, because it really is, you know, like if you are saying the right words, but you don't actually feel that that's true in your heart, your kid can tell, especially your dyslexic kid, because they're so empathetic and they're so aware of body language. They're so aware of like energetic connections. Like they can 100% tell when you're faking it. So like, if you're like, it's going to be okay, honey, you know, like, you know, you're not doomed, like you're, you know, like, but internally, like you're really struggling with the idea that your kid is doomed or like, you know, they're not going to be successful. Like they're not going to grow up to achieve these dreams that you had in your mind or their mind. Um, I mean, they can tell that. So there's a lot of internal work that I think um, mothers need to do. And, you know, obviously dads too, but um, I focus primarily on the mother, but um to really get yourself into a place where you are grounded and you are in a place of acceptance and love and looking at dyslexia as a positive so that you can really radiate that to your child, you know, and be that person who's, you know, their go-to person when they're struggling. Like they know you always have your back. You know, they know that you're their number one cheerleader. They know that and they can rely on that because they, they feel that from you, not just in words, but in like your actual intentions and inner. And I think, uh, you know, just to keep rambling a little bit more, but like, I think so often as mothers, like we overlook our own emotions because it's so easy to just keep stuffing it away, stuffing it away. We just got to keep moving on, moving on. And we never actually go into that place of like, how do I actually feel about this? Like, how do I actually feel that I have a child who's classified as disabled now? Like, how does, how do I feel that like my child on a different learning path than all my other friends? Like, how do I feel that? You know, I don't really have um, someone I can talk to about this um, in a way that they understand without just giving me the, you know, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, like everything's going to work out, you know, like, but really being able to like explore like what we feel and understand ourselves, I think is such an important piece of mothering a child that has learning differences. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that you talked about recently, and you may have only talked to your community about this. I'm not sure if you have this on your forward facing information, but I I just ran back across it when I was prepping for our our talk today. And I would love for you to share about your thoughts about the invisible workload. Oh, (laughs) I love that. Like, this is perfect. Like, so I'd love for you to share a little bit, if you don't mind uh, about. Yeah. So, you know, just, I, it kind of goes into what I was just saying, like that invisible workload, like it is a lot, like it is a lot to um, keep yourself grounded, like it, keep your kids healthy and safe, like keep, be their cheerleader, be, um, the one who's organizing all of the schedules, organizing, um, what do they need? Like, where are they weak? You know, and being the one that has to investigate all of these situations so that you can talk to the school about like, my child is really struggling in these areas. And this is what we need to do to, um, help that. And, you know, you're, you're the one that's constantly doing the research. Like you're the one that's constantly, thinking about this in your mind, like, how can I help? How can I help? Like, what's this going to look like in five years? What's this going to look like in 10 years? And, you know, it's, I'm not one to like try to stress about day-to-day things, but like sometimes 
like, I mean, this is your child's future, right? So it really is important. Like it really is important to figure out and it's very stressful to have that. And I think because, you know, it's um, because dyslexia is an invisible disability. Like people don't really associate like the struggles that you're going through because you don't have a typical, you know, a a child that's like obviously different. Right. So like, you don't really get that same sympathy as it were. I don't know if that's the correct word to use as if you had a kid that was down syndrome, you know, like if you are at a park or something like that and you see a mom um, trying to navigate a child who's like very like outwardly, different as it were. And I hate saying that too, but, um, like there's just like, there's a part of you that's like, Oh, I feel for her. Like, Oh, that must be such a hard life. Um, whereas like with someone who has a learning disability, like you don't really get that same, I guess, um, social acknowledgement, um, for all of the work that you really are doing to help your kid have the best life that they can have. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, because it is that invisible, you know, disability and people don't, like, you know, uh, friends or other moms in the classes that you're in, you know, classmates and things or neighborhood friends, you know, they don't always see that. And because dyslexia, unfortunately, is not really talked about in the larger community. Like, I mean, I had a, I had a, um, I knew a guy in college that was dyslexic and that's all I knew about it. Right. And so, but now I'm sure you can relate as I started getting into the journey and I have a background in education and school counseling and I've taken courses for disability law and education law, and I didn't know any more than anyone else. And so, which is kind of embarrassing to say, but, and my husband has a master's in special education. And so, you know, it was, you know, different, but I think like what you're saying is that that the thoughts of, because people don't really understand it, right. It's not saying they, cause someone asked me the other day in our neighborhood. So what is it exactly? Like they just didn't know. Um, and so, and then too, I'm, I don't know if you had could relate to this. And when you were talking earlier too, you know, just, you know, you start seeing um, mine was early on. I would see like people sharing on Facebook or on social of, you know, my child's reading on the way to school or a friend of mine's like, Oh my goodness, she's reading chapter books. I'm so excited. Is Hattie like this book? And I'm thinking, we can't even read a sight word at our house, you know? And so that, but it's hard, right? Like, then that's exactly what you're saying is it's such a difficult path for moms because not everybody can relate to what we're going through. That's why I think it's so important, the work you're doing and having this community where someone can reach out to us and say, okay, I just, I need, I need a sounding board, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to, yeah, have someone that can like actually relate and understand. And, you know, it's like all of us have great friends. Right. But like if you're not on this path, it really is hard to truly understand the mental and emotional strain that you're going through every day to just be the best mother that you can to your kid and have your kid have the rights that they need to learn how to read. And, you know, like especially if you're fighting with the public school, like, dear Lord, (laughs) I just, um, you know, to like, really, it's just so hard to, this is something like your kid should, you shouldn't have to fight for, like, you shouldn't have to fight for your kid to learn how to read. Right. And And, um, I think that, you know, when you're in that, like, that chaos, and that overwhelm, and that stress, like, no one can really relate to you. And then it's also you start seeing your friends start to um, glaze over. Mm -hmm. When you start talking about dyslexia, again, they're just like, I mean, and it's just, you just stop talking about it, right? Because, you know, they don't want to hear about it. They can't contribute to your conversation in any way. So you just stop talking about it. And then you just keep internalizing 
more and more of it. And I think that's, again, you know, just like having these dyslexia communities are just so important and finding that group of like-minded parents where you really can just let it all out with and even not even, you know, the venting piece of it, but just finding the tips and tools that work. So you're not staying up until midnight every night researching what's going to work and what's not, what's the best app. What's like, how do I fix this? How do I move forward with that? Is this the best path? Is this not like, can I afford to send my kid to this school? Um, How would we make that work? How do we make this private tutoring work? Like there's just all this stuff that's constant. And then that's on top of just your normal life, like your normal stress of, you know, life. (laughs) And two, I think, you know, I'm sure this is, could be similar to others that are, that have children with learning differences. But I think too, with the dyslexic child, they do think so intensely and everything is so, I don't know, just so vibrant for them that, that, you know, the, the academic, but it's also the, the social emotional, like there are so many other pieces that go with that. You know, it's hard to explain to someone. And although all of our journeys are a little bit different, it's like, it's nice just to be able to have a conversation with someone that, you know, kind of gets it, you know, yeah, I've, Mm -hmm. I've had some similar things. So I do, you know, but I just love that, that conversation that you were having with the community about the invisible workload and just, because I talk a good bit too about self-care and I mean, it's just so important for moms to remember, you know, because, you know, it's like they say, if you don't put the oxygen on yourself first, which always seems strange to me when I'm on an airplane, but it really is true. I mean, if we're, if we're not at full capacity, then we can't really mother our child or our family. And that sounds a lot like what, what you focus on as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I hundred percent like we, like as mothers, like you really need to like take care of you. And that's like what I'm, I constantly am preaching about that. And, you know, of course I'm not the best at it either. Like we all come, but it's just, um, you know, finding those times, finding that intentional time to really mother yourself, like give yourself the grace that you would give your children so that you can then keep on going on. Cause it's also impossible to walk around with a cup that's full to the brim and you're just so worried everything's going to spill out all the time, you know? So like, that's also this, like, we can't live our life like that either. Um, so it needs to be, you know, some, you know, managing it. It's feeling some kind of, I don't want to say balance because there's really not a balance, but just trying to figure out how to, how to get a, a good sense of, of your day and what, what to prioritize on right now. Right. That is hard. It really is. So let's transition to this, this piece right here. So I'd love to talk to you about, because you've got a little one on the way you've got, yeah. you've got several at the house. And so what is the best mom advice? It doesn't have to be about dyslexia, but just what's the best mom advice that you've ever received? That I've ever received is um, I think along the same kind of lines of the self-care thing is just take care of you. Um, and I think because it's so easy to put that aside, like we don't, you know, so I try to, really do that for myself. And then I think, you know, that's the best it's like, take care of you because if you're not here, then, you know, like if you run yourself ragged and you, you know, then what, then what do your kids do, you know, or, you know, you're so stressed out that now you're just a mom who's yelling and screaming and just like totally chaotic. Like that's not a way to, you know, really have an effective relationship with your child either. So you know, you really just have to be mindful to find those things. And it's again, finding them in the way that um, works, you know, so if it's five minutes that you sit in your car by yourself, and that's, that's great. Like if that works for you, you know, like if it's going on a nightly walk, if it's, you know, having 
your glass of wine at night and it's just like your time to like just chill and it's like but it's actually like meditative for you or something and I think that um so for me it's again and it's something that I will I'm a goer goer doer doer always taking on more than I can handle um so you know as much as I can say that we always have to do this and you know people are always telling me like Jen slow down you know you can't do it all um I think that, yeah, that's the number one mom advice that people are constantly telling me and that I constantly tell other people is just, you have to take care of yourself. Absolutely. So how can moms connect with you and follow your work? And I can also include some of this information in the show notes for them. Yeah. So on my website, it's uh, jenwoodward.com. And that's where I, you know, all the blogs and stuff will live. And then um, I'm more on Instagram than Facebook, but I am on Facebook as well. But it's um, at Dyslexia Mind Mastery. Awesome. Well, Jen, I have just enjoyed so much our conversation today and I look forward to continuing to follow your work. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to be with us today. And is there any last thoughts that you want to share? Um, I actually, um, as I'm transitioning into this new baby land, um, I'm going to stop doing so much um, personal one-on-one coaching and I'm creating a community, um, a membership community that's going to launch in January. So that could be a great place to just kind of keep your eye on my website and join if you are, you know, interested in finding another mom community that um, there'll be, you know, just like see information on there, there'll just be connection. And um, I'm really excited about how that's going to turn out. And hopefully we can, you know, really all come together as a dyslexia mom community. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for listening today. If you're looking for dyslexia resources, I recently created a resource library for my VIPs. Yep, that's you. So to get access to that, you would go to dyslexiamomlife.com and you'll see a tab there for resource library. And you know what? As a bonus, you're going to be added to my Monday email club and you're going to love that. You're going to get information about the podcast and resources that I have as well. So if you also want to connect with Jen, that will be in the show notes as well. And so the show notes for this episode will be dyslexiamomlife.com. And it's going to be backslash episode 28. And that's 2-8. So have a great week. Please try to take some time to rest and recharge during your Thanksgiving break. And remember, you got this. 